Hi, and welcome to Seeking the Gospel Truth. I'm Gisela Aguiar. Come walk with me through the life and ministry of Jesus Christ as told by Mark in his gospel. We'll journey with the Savior to the cross and celebrate the good news of his true salvation. I pray that as you hear God's word, it will inspire you to study the Bible daily for yourself. Seek the truth. I pray that God opens your heart, eyes, and mind to understand what the Holy Spirit is trying to tell you. And as you become rooted in the word, you'll also be rooted in faith, hope, joy, and peace. And the world can use more of that right now, don't you think? Let's dig in. Mark chapter 4, 1 through 34. Jesus describes the kingdom of God so we can understand. Why did Jesus teach in parables? He was a magnificent storyteller. In this next chapter of Mark, Jesus gives us clues to help us understand the meaning of all his parables. Let's dig in. Mark chapter 4, starting in verse 1. We have the parable of the sower or the soils. <laughs> Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it and sat in it out on the lake, while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables, and in his teachings said, "Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Still, other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. Then Jesus said, whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. When he was alone, the 12 and the others around him asked him about the parables. He told them, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to those on the outside, everything is said in parables so that they may ever, they may be ever seeing, but never perceiving and ever hearing, but never understanding. Otherwise they might turn and be forgiven. And he was quoting Isaiah chapter six, verses nine through 10 there. Verse 13, then Jesus said to them, don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others like seed sown on rocky places hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they, only, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. That's apostasy. Still others, like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, 
and the desires of, for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seed sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop. Some 30, some 60, some 100 times what is sown. All right, so let's explain these parables. So this is the only parable that Jesus explains, and it serves as a key to understanding all the rest of his parables that don't have an explanation. First, they are all about the good news, the gospel. Second, they describe the kingdom of God or kingdom of heaven. It's a kingdom that comes with the word, not a war. See, the Jews expected the Messiah to come and relieve them of the Roman occupation. Jesus didn't do that. Third, each element in the parable represents something in real life, something that the Jews of that day could relate to. Jesus used parables because of the hardness of people's hearts. They were tough teachings that revealed heart conditions. Notice too that he uses scenarios that the people of that time could relate to. That's important to understand, that's why I'm repeating it. A good exercise is to retell the parable using modern day scenarios. The word parable in Greek is parabole, B-O-L-E, which means to place alongside or parallel to something. Jesus puts spiritual truths next to daily truths of living to make it practical and understandable to the first century person. They lived in an agrarian society, agriculture and farming. They could relate to farmers and how seeds grow. So let's break this one down. Who is the sower? Well, the sower is anyone who teaches and preaches the gospel. In those days, it was Jesus. After the resurrection, it was the 12 disciples. Later, Paul and other believers who we met in the book of Acts um, uh, uh, were, <sighs> let me read that again. Okay, later, Paul and other believers um, became um, the, the sowers of the word, um, the people that we meet in the book of Acts. And I've done a whole series on the, book of, on the book of Acts, which is basically the story of the church. Now, it's any born-again believer, Bible teacher like me, a pastor, or a preacher. I see myself as a sower, sowing the word of God indiscriminately. I share it and let the Holy Spirit do his job. And it all depends on how receptive your heart is. The rest of the parable um, uh, explains. Okay, The seed is the word of God, the gospel, the good news. The seed falls on four different types of soil. The hard path, um, it's the walkway and the seeds don't penetrate it. And the birds or Satan easily eat them. These are people with very hard hearts and closed ears. In Jesus's day, it was the Pharisees. Next, they fell on rocky soil. Here, the roots can't grow very deep, even though they want to grow. Faith needs to be rooted deeply. So when hard times come, the storms of life, your faith helps you stand strong. If it's shallow, then you'll fall back into the world. In the next soil, they fall among weeds. I like gardening, but I hate weeds. You try to pull them up and you manage to pull up the good stuff too. The weeds choke the seeds. Here the weeds represent the distractions of life, worries, pride, vanity, etc., that take your minds off the kingdom. Lastly, we have the good soil. 
These are receptive hearts, eager to hear the word and understand it. They keep studying. Their roots grow deep in strong faith. So when the storms of life, the worries of the world come, they, um, they can't be moved. They grow fast and healthy, producing fruit, though not all to the same degree. Let's talk about that, producing fruit. In receptive hearts, the good news will spread from disciple to future disciple. I recently heard the story of a pastor in Asia who attended a conference. He looked rather sad, and someone asked him why he was so sad. He replied, I've been working for years in blank country, and I've only had 600 converts. The person he was speaking to was shocked at the number, yet the pastor didn't think that was a good number. I say even one person is a good number. One person can tell another person who will tell another and another, and it grows like compound interest or multi-level marketing. Think about it. Jesus started this around 30 AD. Here we are in 2022, and his word, his good news is still spreading all around the world. And you can click on over to my blog and check out the organizations that are Bible translators or are using digital media to reach unreached people groups all over the world. They are translating the, uh, the Gospels, uh, the Bible into languages to reach these, um, um, these groups in their heart language. They're fascinating organizations. What is the secret? The mystery or secret um, in the Old Testament was concealed. It is revealed in the New Testament. That's the gospel. Interestingly enough, both Isaiah and Ezekiel were told that they were to spread God's message to the people, but their hearts would be hard and they would not understand. Now, here's the passage that Jesus quoted from the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 6, starting in verse 9. Go and tell this people, be ever hearing but never understanding, be ever seeing but never perceiving. Make the heart of this people calloused, make their ears dull and close their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn and be healed. In the New Testament, everything will be revealed. But not everyone will respond. Not everyone will be saved. Not everyone is chosen. And you can click on over to my blog. The link is in the show notes. And there are more articles so you could dig deeper into all this. Let's go on to the other parables in, in this chapter. A lamp on a stand, verse 21. He said to them, do you bring in a lamp to put it under a bowl or a bed? Instead, don't you put it on its stand? For whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed and whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out into the open. If anyone has ears to hear, let them hear. Consider carefully what you hear. He continued, with the measure you use, it will be measured to you and even more. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. The parable of the growing seed, verse 26. He also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, when he, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows though he does not know how. All by itself, the soul produces grain, first the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. 
As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. The parable of the mustard seed, verse 30. Again, he said, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds on earth. Yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants with such big branches that birds can perch in its shade. With many similar parables, Jesus spoke the word to them as much as they could understand. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. But when he was alone with his own disciples, he explained everything. And that was Mark chapter 4, verses 1 through 34. And tomorrow we'll finish the chapter and we've got uh, Jesus calming the storm, which is a, a great, great, great story. Well, here's some key points on there. So the lamp is the light of God. In the Gospel of John, John introduces Jesus as the light, and he passes his light to each of his believers through the Holy Spirit. Thus, we become the light of the world while he's gone. And we remember that from Matthew chapter 5. The mystery or the secret is being revealed. The light is shining. Good seed and good soil grows on its own. God provides the rain and the good soil nourishes the seed so it grows. Growth progresses at its own pace. Sometimes a person will hear the gospel and it may take days, months, sometimes years for them to accept it. Evangelizing, spreading and teaching the word of God tosses the seeds. Where does the seed do its work? Underground, deep in our hearts. Now, Paul wrote in Ephesians 1, starting in in verse 7, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. And then in Romans chapter 16, starting in verse 25, now to him who was able to establish you in accordance with my gospel, the message I proclaim about Jesus Christ, in keeping with the revelation of the mystery hidden for long ages past, but now revealed and made known through the prophetic writings by the command of the eternal God, so that all the Gentiles might come to the obedience that comes from faith. To the only wise God be glory forever through Jesus Christ, amen. So the question is, do you have ears to hear, listen, and understand? The good news of Jesus' true salvation will never be forced upon you. You must be open and receptive. You must have a contrite and repentant heart. The seed is the same no matter what type of soil it falls on. I pray that the Holy Spirit softens your heart so that you can understand what he is trying to tell you. And Jesus said in Revelation 3.20, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Jesus is knocking at the door of your heart. Let him in. What are you waiting for? It's time to get right with God. So invite Jesus into your heart and receive the gift of grace and confident hope of eternal life. If you don't know what to say, you don't know what to do, there's a prayer in the show notes, or you can click on over to my blog and click where it says, how to invite Jesus into your heart. 
And in the bottom of today's blog, I embedded a beautiful song in Christ alone, which just tells the story of the good news. Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be glory. Thank you for listening to this episode. I pray that the Holy Spirit, the author of scripture, touched your heart to reveal the gospel truth that our hope of salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to me via my website or social media. I encourage you to read the Bible daily and seek the truth for yourself. I recommend that you download two free Bible study apps, the YouVersion Bible app and Through the Word. Friends, we are living in strange, crazy times, the last days, the end times. But know that things aren't falling apart, they are falling into place. Jesus said in Revelation 3, 20-22, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in, and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Jesus is knocking. It's up to you to open the door. Peter told us in 2 Peter 3.9, The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed or perish, but wants everyone to repent. Jesus is coming back soon. Are you ready? Repent of your sins and invite Jesus into your heart right now. If you don't know what to say, there's a prayer in the show notes and on my blog. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory.